listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. And I'm Joe Struth. And we're meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast doing the Monster Mash a little early here. Monster Mash? Yeah, we're bringing some things back from the dead, if you will. Well, that's a tease for our tracking the topics. That's right. We usually jump into something else, though, right off the top. We usually do. We usually do, but I just was feeling the Monster Mash. We We had a false fall, fake fall, whatever you want to call it. How about that? But as we'll probably talk about here in a little bit, real fall could be uh, on the horizon here shortly. And uh, we had some smoke from the wildfires out west. Horrible wildfires, but the results here are vivid sunsets with very bright reds and oranges from the smoke all the way up there. We've talked about that in the past. That has returned. And uh, yeah, the tropics still very, very active. So we'll just jump into tracking the topics. And do the Monster Mash. Tracking the Topics. Did you ever do the Monster Mash dance in your gym class? Probably not. Middle school? I recall elementary school. I recall, oh, this would have been like 04, 05, 06, somewhere in there. I was in elementary school. I recall where we would you would have to dress up in a costume, right, for your class's Halloween yep. party at school. Mm-hmm. And I recall, for some reason, I still have this memory of walking through the playground into the gymnasium. You would kind of, like, walk through in your costume as a class, and, like, there'd be parents there and whatever. Halloween's not my thing. Never really enjoyed it. I'm not huge into but Halloween for, either. For some reason, they were blasting Monster Mash. I mean, okay, I can kind of figure out why, but that that's, that's what's in my head. That's what's in my head. See, I had a day in gym class that was – on Halloween one day because we dressed up and we danced. We learned how – that was our learn how to dance day. And we did line dances of the Monster Mash and Thriller. That was that was gym class one day for 45 minutes. Exhilarating stuff in a costume. How about that? So the reason we keep talking about monsters, zombies, is because a named storm – has come back from what was perceived to be the dead. It was Paulette, became named, ventured through the Atlantic, was no threat to land or property, and then, as it's in the far eastern reaches of the Atlantic, it has regained tropical storm strength to be renamed as Tropical Storm Paulette. Yeah, talk about the the hurricane season that could, right? I mean, it's just been a train that keeps on rolling, and now we're at the point where we've got old storms that are coming back to life. It's pretty impressive. We had Alpha named last week. We thought Alpha was going to be the storm of the Gulf. National Hurricane Center said, nope, we're going to name this disturbance that's moving into Portugal. Yes, over in Europe. We're going to name that Alpha because it reached strength before what is now Beta uh, became a named storm. That was that was crazy to see that, too. A storm all the way in the far reaches of the Atlantic, just to be named. Yeah, it's uh, we're, we're flying through. And, and really, you know, there's, there's the idea that Paulette has come back and it's reformed. And that's one thing. But it just ties into the season as a whole that has just been extremely record-breaking. I mean... 
not just a little record-breaking, not just, hey, we had a record-breaking summer where we had a few more 90s than maybe normal or whatever. No, this this is this has been just incredible. And what's really interesting to me, the most active season on record, 2005, we talked about that a lot in the Atlantic Basin, 2020, 2020, right now the second most active overall. That's in, that's that's all re- recorded time. So you've pulled in some statistics from an article. I have, I have. Shout out to Weather Underground here. Uh, they've put together a little article that sums up a lot of the records that were broken. Of course, we could find these records, um, but it was in this article from Weather Underground, so I want to cite them there. This is the earliest that we've ever had 20 named storms. We've talked about that. There have been nine U.S. landfalls, nine landfalling tropical cyclones that ties 1916 for the most. So the year 2005, which we talked about so much, didn't have this many. That's right. In 2005 stands out because of some names like Katrina, mm-hmm. Rita. But they, it, while there while there was sort of a stronger hurricanes there, it wasn't as active from a landfalling perspective. Yeah. And then we have the most active September on record with 10 named storms. And they call it perk peak uh, peak perk perk. They call it peak. <laughs> peak hurricane season and it's uh it's truthfully what it's been 10 named storms we're not done yet we're not done yet i believe we're starting to get through october we're starting to get into october and then you've still got all technically of november the entire month of november holds this hurricane season as well so pretty incredible how far do you think we're going to get through the greek names you know it's a tough it's a tough thing because i don't have enough real know-how um of the climatology of where we're at. Obviously, it's been extremely active thus far. I know that the record was Zeta, six names in. I know that we're on name number three now. The next cyclone that to be named will be Gamma. So I would think we're probably going to pass that. If I had to guess, I'd I say we're maybe... We're on pace to pass it. Maybe seven or eight more. Is that fair? I mean, from last recollection, and this was, uh, I think, maybe a day or two ago... There's not most of the things that are out there right now in the Atlantic and the Gulf are named. There's not too many disturbances that are waiting to be named right right now. Like if we were looked at this map a week ago, we were seeing multiple places with multiple disturbances forecasted to become cyclones in the next three to five days. The percentages were pretty high. So if you look at the uh, Greek alphabet, the furthest we got was Zeta. Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta back in 2005. If I had a desire, I think if we got two more, Eta and Theta, Theta is big for us as meteorologists. Yes. Theta was something that we used quite a bit in some of our uh, equations was there. And then also cloud physics, that's right. dynamic meteorology. The old vorticity equation. Whew. There was a lot of Thetas. Do you still remember it? I mean, from from a conceptual side, yes, but from if you ask me to write it down, no. I can't. I don't think I can write down. But any of those but equations. I think if if you sat there and said, okay, this is this term, this is this term, this is this term, I think I could pick that back up relatively quickly. I, I'd be able to pick it up, but it just, yeah, I don't remember any of it. What has it been now? Five years, right? Over five years. Then you go, iota, kappa, lambda. Would love lambda. Lambda's cool. <laughs> um, Mu, nu, xi, omicron. 
I don't know. I think at that point you're getting pretty deep, and I hope we don't go that far because the truth is the more active the name Storms, you're hoping they'll stay out in the Atlantic. So, yeah. again, not The more root- you name, the better chance you have of one having a bigger impact. And not rooting for that at all. Yeah. Not rooting for that at all. But if we get a couple more open water tropical cyclones that start up and fall apart all out there in the uh, open waters of the Atlantic, I'm fine if we get to Theta. Theta would be kind of, you know, Theta. Well, as we start to move into the end of September, early October, yesterday, September 22nd at 9.30 in the morning, officially began the fall season. And talk about leaves changing, and I did a story yesterday on the pumpkin harvest, which was good this year. They said they've had a few uh, good years in a row. Pumpkins, I learned yesterday, like dry conditions and we definitely had a dry summer so that was able to get them a good harvest and they had some hot days but they were able to manage the heat with those pumpkins at the location that I was at so I think overall the pumpkin harvest was good so if you're ready to and itching to get to your uh, your pumpkin harvest get your pumpkins ready to carve or just to decorate your place uh, you can go do that now they're they're sitting out they've been harvested and they are ready to go also leaves are slowly slowly starting to change right now but they're out there especially on the leaf tips of some trees around the area they're starting to change over and we're going to continue to see that especially because of what we got on our way with the weather pattern yes we see the ebbs and flows the ups and downs the roller coaster that is the changing of the seasons we're going down in the extended forecast it'll be interesting to see because we had that little taste of fall at the end of last week where we dropped down into the 60s and now we're pushing back up near 80 degrees even today then we have a big cool down in store for early next week. And there's some 50s and 60s that are possible. Do we, I don't know if we're going to get back up. I know we've hit 90 in October, but that's a big drop next week. I don't know if we're going to get back up to 90 and 80s. Might be a stretch. There's the, the, We're limited on how many more 80 degree days we have. We have probably about two this week. And then maybe two for the remainder of the rest of this fall before the real cold starts to really settle in. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where you see it coming in the 10-day. You see a, a forecast high of 58 degrees right now as it stands for next Wednesday. I mean, that's not even sweatshirt weather. That's that's beyond that. Uh, sweatshirt weather for Not me. in the morning and the evenings, though. Yeah, whenever we're down in the 30s. I yeah. mean, I'm out walking last night with shorts and a T-shirt on. It's We've had a little more of a mild stance through midday or uh sorry midweek in the in the third week of september here but um once you get in the shade it really cools off too now yeah oh, oh. the minute the sun is behind the trees whew, temperatures just plummet they just plummet and we'll it's talk refreshing. a little bit more on why that is on why the fall we get hot and cold in our inbox question coming up in just a little bit but when you talk fall foliage it's all a product of temperatures temperatures at night because cooler temperatures leaves can't sustain as far they're going to start changing color as they start to phase out into the winter season we're not there yet but in looking at the forecast and the expectations for fall foliage it should be about the early to perhaps more mid-october where we see peak foliage here in northeast indiana if you look at it from a calendar perspective we're talking three weeks from now yeah, it, it, it's on our doorstep. If you look closely, you can see some of the leaves changing. The leaves change colors because the leaves serve as a a food making bank for the for the trees. Uh, and then we have chlorophyll is a a byproduct of that. 
and that's the green that you see. But as that process gets eliminated, as the trees start to become dormant because the colder temperatures, they, they, they don't eat, essentially. The leaves will fall off. But in that time that they turn off that process, the chlorophyll goes away. And depending on the chemical makeup of that tree, the sugars that are in that tree, it'll give you the brilliant, vibrant reds, the purples, the yellows. And if you have oak trees, they go straight to brown, essentially. So you, you get all these different colors because it's dependent on the chemicals that are inside of this tree. You don't, you don't necessarily think of it that way uh, on a typical day-to-day basis. But it's going to be changing. That's the most important thing you got to know is it's going to be changing. We're not looking back. No, we are not. It's not uh, It's not the third week of August, a little cool spell at the end of August. Now, this is uh, it's happening now. Yeah, it's been accelerated a little bit because of the cool down we already had. So it might be a little earlier than typical if we get into early October. That'll be probably about a week or two earlier. Like It's, it's usually around mid-October, like Joe said. Uh, but as, as we start to get closer to the second week, it, it gets a little earlier in the year, and especially with the cooldown we have coming up next week, could really accelerate the process, especially if we get some nights down into the 30s. Are you a are you a leaf guy? Do you like the change in the leaves? Depends where I'm at. Um, here, I really enjoy driving down Clinton by Headwaters Park with the ash trees on either side. Uh, those are I think those turn pretty purple, uh, but they don't last long. Those leaves fall off of those trees quick. I don't know if it's because of the trees, if it's because there's traffic constantly driving down Clinton throughout the day, and the motion of the cars helps to rip the leaves off the tree. Um, if I go up to northern Michigan, that's a nice place to see some leaves. I don't see too many leaves where I where I live. I know there's some trees around, but it's not necessarily... The way the light hits it, it doesn't become very vibrant. It doesn't speak to me as much as some of those other places. If you go into the mountains in the fall... That's hard to beat. You go in Smoky Mountains or the Rocky Mountains. That's where I become a leaf fan. Hmm. What about you? Nah. You're not big into leaves. I don't really know. You I could just, uh, whatever. Excuse me for this. You could uh, take it or leaf it. Yeah. I mean, I whatever. I mean, for me, it's as you know, winter's my season, so you're just focused on prime time for you. I'm right. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar, going, "All right, we're getting there. We're getting there." But. Uh, can you just let us let us fall lovers enjoy fall? You'll get your winter. It'll span all the way into April. We yeah, get, I just... We I get fall for know. like I, two months. You can get winter for up to like four. The problem with fall, again, it's the allergies. I mean, let's be honest. I have felt just congested because of allergy-related things. Over Take the your last, allergy since, since September 1st. I have. It's, it's a battle, Adam. I'm that sensitive to it. I'm sensitive to it, too. Every morning, you got the nasal drip going on in the throat. It's sore. But then once you get up, it's fine. You know what I mean? Everyone deals with that. Not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. It's just it's it's that I just I, I don't like it. I'm tired of it. I've been doing it my whole life. We're not even into fall yet, though. Well, eventually the body will adjust. But that yes. first hit into the start of September always gets me every year. And that's uh, just. You it's know, usually probably one of the two or three times you get sick a year. And you combine that with back to school, as I've known for the majority of my life up until I started working, I'm not a fall fan. Oh, I'm not. That's disappointing. I'm sorry. I'm just... There's so many great things about you're fall. You're allowed to have an opinion. No, right? you're not. You're all, you, you, you've got... You can rank the seasons. For me, <laughs> it's winter, summer, spring, fall. I can't believe fall is last. And it's... yeah. It's I just, feel like we have this argument every, like, third week. It happens all the time, but it's just <laughs> how it is based off of how I feel. It's all about how I feel. The middle of winter, 
I enjoy it because I, I just love winter. Summer, I feel the best, probably out of the entire year. Spring, you're making that transition to feeling the best that you do the entire year. Fall, it's uh, it's a battle. Think about when we start getting some uh, low-pressure systems to start sliding through. There'll be strengthening mid-latitude cyclones that we start to see by the end of October. Hollowing winds coming back. Those gloomy October evenings, early November evenings where it's super windy, it's cold, it's rainy. Oh. Sounds like a dream. I wish it was snow. You'll get your snow soon enough. Let us cherish it. Let's move on to what the hell. What the hell? Well, while you enjoy your winter season and wait for it, you can uh, stress relief. I don't know what you'd use this for. Uh, if it just works your brain, distracts you. Uh, you picked up a hobby that you finally completed yesterday. Tell us about Puzzling Joe. 54 days, 1,000 pieces, one puzzle. And a little Jeff Probst for you there. I survived the puzzle challenge. Um friend last year gave me a Chicago Blackhawks United Center puzzle. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks playing. Earlier we talked about uh, the NHL bubble back in August. Actually started this puzzle the first day they played after their game. thousand pieces. I had it sitting on the table for eight months out of the year. Finally, we, we, we poured the pieces out. It's been a process. It's uh, certainly the, the toughest puzzle that I've ever completed. Um, I'm not sure it's because of the the pieces. I think there's a thousand piece puzzles that are probably a bit easier based on what you're actually looking at. This is ice, which is all white, all white, and then it's red, white, black jerseys, full packed house around the entire bowl of the United Center, and the lighting's different, and it just uh, it was a very challenging puzzle. But you mentioned hobby, mentioned I haven't been feeling great lately with some of the allergies and stuff. It was really relaxing. It was really relaxing. If I was on the phone with my parents or something, talking to whoever, maybe just looking to kill a half hour and just kind of clear my mind, just go find a couple pieces to put in there. Did it in slow increments. And uh, last night- 54 days. Yeah. Well, yeah. And last night got down to the last probably 100 pieces sitting on the table and I said, let's do it. And I just battled through it. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I've considered getting into puzzling. Haven't gotten there yet. The only thing is, if you're someone who, like me, likes to have things neat and organized in your apartment, when you've got a puzzle sitting on your table for seven weeks, you know, that that can kind of, uh, that can get a little annoying. I mean, for seven weeks, I haven't been able to sit at my kitchen table because it's just been pieces. And I, I think I got to the point the past few days where I've really gone into this I need to finish this puzzle because I want to be able to sit down and eat my dinner at the table again. You know, um, I got a frame for it. Got a frame for it. Got to buy some puzzle glue. Probably do that after work today. Um, and yeah, we're going to see how, see how it goes. So what's the next puzzle going to be? I'm not sure. Um, so is there going to be a next puzzle? Well, I've completed three puzzles now in the last year. Um, one you've seen on my wall is uh, it's got all the NFL teams and their fan bases, if you will, so based on a map. Mm -hmm. so That's a little bit easier. 
Well, because you're matching it all by the team's colors. Mm-hmm. And that was 500 pieces. That got done in about three hours um, with the help of my girlfriend. Then completed another puzzle with my girlfriend. It's becoming a little hobby there. Um, a turtle puzzle. Well, that was tough because it was underwater and the different shadings of blue. Oh, I, I don't know why I assumed you did the puzzle. No, underwater. no, 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 no. <laughs> that, one, that one took us a bit longer even though it was still only 500 pieces. And then we get into this thousand-piece puzzle puzzle myself. I mean, there's one thing to doing a 500-piece puzzle with, with a person or somebody else. But when you do a puzzle by yourself. You start to see things, huh? Oh, absolutely. Headaches. <laughs> and then you're, you're kind of hunched over the table for a while. Your back starts to hurt. It, uh, it was a process. See, people do puzzles for stress relief and to clear their head as a hobby. It, it could stress you out still. Doing the puzzle. You might not think about your day-to-day problems, but then you get stressed out about the puzzle. I think that's a a, a little bit of a trick there. you got to make sure you watch your eyes. Like you said, you, 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 you're stressing your eyes looking at something that tiny. It's like looking at your computer screen for a long period of time. Well, and what got nice as I was finishing this puzzle was it got to the point where you could literally just – you were down to just 20, 30 pieces. Just grab a piece and see if it fits. And you're not really stressing your eyes at that point. But in the early times, it was tough. It was tough. But it's going to look good on my wall with a frame. And it's something that I'll have forever. So, yeah. Did, did you? We'll talk about strategy here. How did you build it? Okay, so it's it's the United Center. It's during a Blackhawks playoff game. You start with corners? Well, I start with the border. So yeah. I found all, of the, found all of the edge pieces because obviously they're flat on one side. Easy. So that was the first process, build the whole border. Then I thought, okay, this is a view of the United Center from, you know, about halfway up, looking down horizontally at the ice. The ice is white. Besides some of the graphics on the ice, you could tell really quickly what 200 pieces were the ice. So I went through piece by piece. This is ice. This is ice. This is ice. Just sat there and went through the, at that point, probably 900 pieces and just went through. Then I put all of those on a separate area, <laughs> built the ice surface. That took a while. Then moved that ice surface in and fit it in. Then I connected it to the top because there's a video board. So you have a square with a circle inside. Yes, square with just that big oval ice. Then I connected from the ice up to the top because, like most sports arenas, there's a video board, a big hanging video board, uh, video sort of uh, display, several video boards. In the, you know, hanging mm-hmm. from the ceiling. So I found all those pieces one by one through at that point, maybe 800 pieces. And I connected all that in. And then if you think about sports stadiums, whether it's a baseball stadium, a basketball stadium, a lot of times they have the scrolling boards around the sides, uh, say maybe halfway up, three quarters of the way up. Well, you could very easily make out which ones were video boards. So then I built the video boards to connect in. And then we filled in from there about three or four sections, people in the lower bowl boxes, you know, secondary boxes, upper bowl. So that's how we kind of did it. I love your energy while you describe it. It's it, Well, it was it was strategic. It was 100% strategic. I know some people say, no, I just grab a piece and see if it fits. Well, I, I, had, to, I had to move this thing along a little bit. To me, seven weeks, if you told me I'd be done with it by the third week of September, I'm okay. Not bad. I'm okay. Not bad at all, especially doing it by yourself, working, doing other things in between, having it as a side hobby. Maybe next time maybe don't put it on your kitchen table it's really the only place i could do something to that yeah, magnitude I'm i mean to... did you see this puzzle in person 
I have not seen it in person, no, but you sent me pictures of it. It's about three and a half feet yeah. by about a foot. So it's a very – it's a long puzzle. I mean, you can think about it as a widescreen image of the of yeah. the arena. So, A panoramic. Yeah. Just trying to think about ways you could make it easier on yourself to be able to remove the puzzle and put it back in an apartment setting. That way you don't have to uh, have it sit there and well, distract you the whole time. Maybe if I had a little bit of a card table that you could set up and tear down or if you have a secondary table. I thought about using my living room table that you know about. It's a small mm-hmm. little coffee table. But, no, it's just uh, this is what happened and, and we got through yeah. it. But 54 days, 1,000 pieces, and uh, one new piece of wall art. Wall art. Go. Wall art. Yeah, not Walmart. Wall, wall art. art. Yeah. Wall art. Let's talk about this other thing we have here for What the Hell. A satellite image of Teddy, which grew into a monster storm, and Beta, which has been churning along the Texas Gulf Coast. Some people were trying to dub it Harvey 2.0. It never really got to that magnitude, but in the sense of how much rain it's dropping, it's dropping a lot of rain in the places that saw uh, several feet nearly five feet in some places during Harvey a few years back. But it is connected on a satellite image. How does that happen? Yeah, I was trying to think about it. So to, to try to give you a visual, Teddy is up off the northeast coast, monster. Up by Newfoundland. Monster mid-latitude cyclone now, essentially, yeah. not no longer even tropical or subtropical. I mean – this point it's just a mid-latitude cyclone low pressure system and on the southern flank of it the cold front if you will extends all the way back down into the outer bands in the gulf mexico of beta and there's a a really well-defined band of cloud cover all the way from the gulf of mexico running around florida all the way up into the northeast making them look like they're connected um no doubt that's because teddy is a mid-latitude cyclone it has the trailing cold front as it approaches occlusion, it's going to have a very well-defined boundary that stretches out pretty far south into the Atlantic. Um, but other things at play there, making making Beta be able to come together with it, that's very cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's a very cool image. You can even, I know we're talking about hurricanes and they're causing devastation where they make landfall, but you can make a smiley face. I've seen pictures of people making a smiley face. Really? With the eye of Beta and the eye of Teddy and the smile. If you turn it, yeah. It's a sideways smile, smiley face. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those what the hail is going on it's here. Like, are these are, are these storms feeding each other hundreds of thousands of miles away? No. No. They're not. No. In fact, they're not really impacting each other too much other than they're, you know, Teddy's becoming such a major uh, – a very dominant weather system that it's taking a lot of the energy and a lot of the sort of moisture dominant weather pattern yeah. off to the east, but it's pretty cool. I mean, it looks like something you see out of a movie, really. It's basically out of the day after tomorrow. If you take a yeah. wide shot, you'd see the two storms being connected. Anything else for what the hell? No, it's just a neat image, and, uh, you know, obviously our, our thoughts are always with those who are impacted by the tropical cyclones. And, uh, you know, as much as we talk up how record-breaking it's been, let's hope we're done. Yes, hope we're done as well. That way we don't have to keep digging into the Greek alphabet. That's right.
and keep churning those out. Let's do hits and misses. Hits and misses. So I wrote for our miss nothing. In big capital letters. I did pretty good to this point. I think we're pretty spot on. We've been within a degree or two pretty much every day this week. Along with the challenge of some of the smoke out there yesterday and today. And as we talked about last week, we learned from that experience. We had the models going probably a degree or two warmer than what we actually were. Well, we adjusted and we were going a degree or two cooler than what most of the models were suggesting to do. And that's where human forecasting is better than model forecasting in that aspect. Absolutely. And I think I think we 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 saw it, we handled it well. You know, don't want to obviously continue to talk about the fact that we didn't necessarily miss anything to this point. Um, but I guess the way of talking about what you didn't miss is talking about what you hit. So if you look at our low temperatures this week, the low temperatures have achieved a degree or two further than we were putting out. That's okay. Uh, we were still advertising cold nights. We got pretty close. Yeah. The high temperatures, the afternoon highs, a degree or two off, pretty locked in. The sky cover, mostly sunny skies, maybe a few fair weather clouds, and you're going to see some of that haze. The milky white appearance of the smoke up in the skies. That has happened. And finally, the chance for rain in there for next weekend into early next week. The, the rain chances are there. They're still there for early next week. They've kind of shifted back a few days as uh, Mother Nature gets ready to really bring us the fall season next week. But generally, we still see a dry weekend or, or dry up into the weekend, and then we see rain chances into early next week, something we're watching. So overall, we've been pretty locked in. And, and we'll be transparent here. This, this weather pattern has not been very challenging. We've been in a very stagnant weather pattern with high pressure and control most days makes it easier models are in better agreement but as we get to next week that's where we start to get a little bit more wishy-washy with the uh, with the models and agreement that's where we get back to having the challenge of forecasting and trying to get these rain chances because it has been a very dry month we have not seen much in terms of rain especially over the last 10 even back 14 days maybe a sprinkle here or a sprinkle there uh, I, I can recall what one Saturday night we had a line of rain move through into early Sunday, and then that was it. It yeah. was out of here by the daybreak. We did start the month pretty wet, so we're still doing okay. Mm. Um, but it has been dry. and uh, That's been the trend for this year. It, yeah. It's been fairly dry, but when we do get rain, it rains. Yeah, no, there's a lot to work with in the atmosphere, and it rains pretty pretty heavily. It's interesting because we see ourselves meeting or making up for rainfall this year in these short spurts, but then we're going a long time with dry weather. And I think one of the rules that meteorologists have referred to is dry begets dry. In other words, if you're dry, it's going to take something to make your weather not dry. It's an interesting way of thinking about it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's kind of what we've seen. You know, there might be little rain chances here or there, but things just haven't been able to come together. Yeah, we haven't had... Uh, I say this now, knowing that we might have several days with rain chances next week, but we haven't had a string of rain chances in a while where we just have this system that uh, we'll, we'll frequently, we're actually starting to get into that time of year now, where we get upper level lows that just sit there and spin. We had it a few times this spring 
where they would just sit there and keep rain chances over and over and over again. Now, not everybody was going to see rain on a particular day, but they was going to have that potential of 30%, 40% for a, a few scattered showers in the afternoon and evening, continuing overnight. Kind of stretches like that. It's been a while, and that's not very conducive to the uh, summer-like patterns that we we see. But we're getting back into that time of year where we could start to see some stretches because of upper-level lows that come down from Canada and just get stuck. Nothing to push them. So they'll just sit there and spin over parts of Tennessee, Kentucky. And in that frame, we're on the upper side of that. That's going to throw moisture away from the Gulf. And we'll see those rain chances uh, persist. And you talk about a little bit of a pattern change that could bring some changes to the forecast as we go forward. That leads us right into our inbox question. It's the past the forecast inbox. So this question comes from Samson. Samson? Samson. Samson. Am I putting a P on that? Samson. Not Samson. Samson. He asks, why are fall mornings so cold yet feel so nice by the afternoon? So basically, the gist of this question is, why do I have to wear a jacket in the morning? And if I go out to lunch at noon, I need to be in short sleeves or else I'm going to be too hot. Why is that? So combination of a few things. Number one, the seasons are changing. The jet stream is moving further south. We are working a cooler overall air mass into play. The warm, hot air dome of the summer, that has shifted down to the south. So things are becoming more active. And uh, the air mass that we're getting, the air that influences us, is cooler by default as the earth is tilting on its axis. And as we're seeing the seasons change, we're going that way. But why is it still warm up? Because at this time of the year, the angle of the sun is still high enough into the sky that we can bring enough radiation in during the morning and into the afternoon to still see our surface temperatures achieve uh, pretty decent values. The thing is, if you get some clouds around this time of the year, it's also really easy to fall short of an expected high because you don't have super strong incoming radiation. Sometimes in the summer, you can get enough sunshine that kind of breaks up the clouds a little bit. So... You're, you're, you're sort of going back into that that downward trend of sky cover if you're not a fan of the clouds. But what's happening right now is there's still enough going on with the sun to warm us up while the overall pattern is beginning to shift. That was a great answer. Thanks, I have Adam. nothing to add to that. Okay. Well, hey, <laughs> I'll take it. I, I mean, I, I just know that people get irritated, and I think I do too, whenever you have to wear that jacket in the morning. And then the afternoon, you're like, I don't need this jacket. And you can't even wear long sleeves because then you'll be too hot. So, like, today, we didn't have to worry about it because we had temperatures in the 50s to start. And we're going to get up to the 80s. You can live with being in short sleeves for the five minutes you're walking in the building. But if you're talking 30 degrees, whoo, that's pretty chilly. That's right. And some 30s may be on the horizon next week for overnight lows. Yeah, it's getting to the point now where if we get that official end to growing season, um, it's not – you still want to have the growing season go as long as we can for our farmers, of course, and try to extend that so they can get through their fall harvest, especially when it's been such a great growing season thus far. Mm-hmm. However, you do know that realistically we're starting to get into that time where – that first freeze is going to come pretty soon 
and followed by your first hard freeze where we see temperatures down into the upper 20s. So not rooting for it, but also realizing that once we get into the middle of October, if we can hold off to that point, that's when it usually happens. So you kind of hold on for a little longer. Right. Can Give we, us like two or three weeks. Right. Can we, can we hang on that for a little bit just to get our farmers through it? But then the expectation is that we're going to have that first freeze and let's go. Once the, once the growing season's over, let's go. Then you're, I start really rooting for you're it. You're in full snow mode. Then. That's right. All right. Anything else to add? Hmm. Not really. I don't get anything. We're going to try. We're going to try and do something next Monday. We are. We're going to try. We are. Something we've talked about all summer, but we did not want to do it in the middle of summer. That's right. We're going to be too hot. <laughs> we're going to try to play two rounds of golf. It's my day off. Adam's got a little uh, little vacation time to use. We're going to see if we can get two 18s in on the same day. And now with less sunlight, it's even more challenging. It'll be more of a challenge. But it's something we did not factor in when we said we wanted it to be a little bit cooler. No, because it's going to be a cool morning and a rush to finish in the evening. Yeah. Whew. It's going to be fun, though. See if we can do it. Might have to sleep all day Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I'll probably be back at work on Tuesday. Ooh. Yeah. It'll be a rough day. Maybe your first time trying coffee. Nope. 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 That's that's not happened for a while. I have a certain time frame in my head on when that's going to happen, and I have not had the life events occur yet to put that into motion. But the day will come. The day will come. That's right. And I will let you know. That's probably the second or third person because, yeah, you'll be, you'll be one of the first people to know. All right. Well, that'll do it. We'll see you next time as we try and be. 1,000. 1,000. 1,000. We've never had that high of a number before. I just did a 1,000-piece puzzle. What's going to happen? 1,000%. No, right about the weather this week. See ya. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.